Hey, it's Craig Olson, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. And do we have a character for you this afternoon or what? As Greg Olson, pretty funny guy and a heck of a guy. He joins us here on Clubhouse Conversation. Yeah, that Greg Olson, the one that pitched for the Royals back in 1995 and 1997 as their setup guy for Jeff Montgomery, but also the same Greg Olson who won Rookie of the Year for the Baltimore Orioles in 1989. He was an All-Star in 1990. Saved 30 games or more four times. Was part of a combined no-hitter with the O's as well. And he joins us right now. Greg Olson has written a book since his career ended. Works for Toolshed Sports International. And a guy with some hilarious baseball stories and great Royals memories. Greg Olson. Hey, how are things out on the left coast, man? Oh, it's not bad. Um, got rid of all the fires and weather's good, so can't complain. You've done so many cool things since retiring. Um, you've been an advanced scout. You wrote a book. You're a president of Toolshed Sports International. So let's talk about all those. Let's start with the advanced scouting for the Padres. Are you still doing that, and, and how has that been? No, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, it was a blast. You know, My job description was you know, to go out and find, uh, find a way to win a game. Um, and so I just went out and Try to pick up some, you know, pick up some signs from the third base coach. Try to figure out, you know, if a pitcher's tipping his pitches. Um, you know, watch watch the hitters and and uh, you know, try to recognize what what they weren't covering that they normally cover. Um, you know, it was just sit there and watch the game. You know, they didn't want me, you know, to take copious notes because if I take copious notes, then my head's down and I'm not watching, you know, I'm not watching something that I could be watching. So just kind of sat there and just watched and, you know, scribbled a little bit. And it was a blast. It really was. I'm betting you also had a blast uh, writing the book, We Got to Play Baseball. I haven't read it yet. I've got it on order. But tell us more about your book. It, um, well, I was, uh, I guess, another thing I did after I got out of baseball, I got on the uh, Celebrity Golf Tour. And I was on the uh, on the smaller end of all the tournaments. So, uh, first one I played in was at Camp Lejeune, raising money for the Wounded Warriors. And um, we were sitting around after one of the rounds of golf, and and uh, some, you know some football, basketball, baseball players, their wives were all just sitting around, and uh, everybody's telling a story or two stories, and one of the wives looks at wives looks at me and said, you know, this is great. Somebody ought to write these down. And I just kind of was like, yeah, that would be a good idea. <laughs> so um, I started to, you know, track down some stories from some guys that, you know, I'd kept in touch with. And then when I was advanced scouting, I'd see guys on the road and I'd just say, hey, you know what, I'll see you tomorrow night. Here's 24 hours notice. You know, give me your, give me one of your favorite stories. Um and that was pretty much it. And we ended up probably getting 150 to 180 stories and picked the best 60. Um, 
and that's what you know. That was we got to play baseball. I tried to keep it as clean as I could because I knew my sons would read it. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's PG thirteen probably, which, <laughs> yeah. is pre- which is pretty good for you know a bunch of baseball players. <laughs> the gray area right there. <laughs> yeah, I kept it as clean as I could keep it. Well, maybe we can have a a follow up in the future then. So you've got what ninety stories, one hundred and fifty stories. You could probably get a lot more too if you wanted to. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, I got uh, a couple guys on email that I need to uh, track down, and my Facebook somehow. Once I switch my Facebook page over to my baseball card, all of a sudden my Facebook friends went from about three hundred to about nine hundred. So, huh. um, got a whole bunch of guys that are ex players that are on my Facebook and Twitter, and so. Book two is coming out probably in a year and a half. I don't know. Oh, there is going to be. I got to track down some more stories. Great. That's great. Um, Now, how about uh, Toolshed Sports International? Tell us about that. Um, Well, Toolshed Sports was coming into um, existence when I was getting out of the game. And it's it's an athletic undergarment company. and the cool thing is that uh, we customize the waistbands. So uh, right now, I think we have 26 major league teams that buy it. Have a couple NFL, a couple NBA, um, numerous SEC, and and uh, other you know top-notch colleges that are, are all wearing it. Um, I just can't advertise any of them. So we look like a really small company, but our clientele list is off the charts. And uh, it's been it's been great. So after uh, the 2009 uh, season of scouting, the market had tanked, and and uh, the company was about to go under. So kind of got rid of everybody, moved it into a small warehouse, knowing that uh, you know we got a great clientele base, and it's just a matter of keeping it alive and building it back up. And that's what we've been doing over the last couple of years. Well, let's go way back now. So you grew up in Omaha. Uh, where you pitch for your dad at Omaha Northwest, you love the team to four straight state titles. First of all, how proud of you? Uh, you know, are, are you today, even you know, all these years later, of all that success? You know, it was. Um, I, I, I'm still really proud. It, uh, you know, it wasn't wasn't as easy as it sounds when you win four straight titles, and and uh, you know, I think we we at one point won fifty four straight games. Um, wow. I think. You know, talent-wise, uh, my senior year, I was the only guy to go play Division One. Um, and a couple of years before that, my sophomore year, we had three or four Division One guys. Junior year, we had a couple. Um, we just outworked everybody. We didn't make mistakes. We had, you know, we had good pitching. And when it came down to it, you know, we got big hits, and uh, it was a blast. It was, you know group of my best friends that we grew up playing literally together as the same group of guys and and uh you know january once the january break got uh, got over with we were we were in uh we were in the gymnasium taking batting practice and taking ground balls and working on pitching at six in the morning um we worked harder than everybody else and uh it, it showed in the four straight titles well, you had a no-hitter in the final state championship, too, right? I did. I did, yeah. Uh, that was one of those games where it was just uh, one of those nights. 
you know, you just, I walked out and it was just, I got, you know, great fastball, great curveball, great command. And, uh, ended up striking out 18 of the 21 guys I faced. Um, or the 21 outs. I I think I walked three or four, but yeah, two ground balls back to me and a ground ball to second base. And that was it. What was it like playing for your dad? Um, early on, it was kind of hard. He had expectations of me being, you know, being the guy and the the leader. And, um, we had great seniors all the way through. And so until I became a senior, I wasn't ready to be that guy. I was, I wasn't, you know, like I said, we had great seniors. So he and I had some problems. He wanted me to be the guy and, and, uh, that wasn't my place. And, uh, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't always bad. We didn't, you know, we didn't take stuff home, but, uh, you know, there, there was, there was a night or two I was thinking about going over to the rival high school and transferring. Huh. But, uh, there, like I said, out of four years or, you know, to have one or two nights, that's, that's pretty good. So the senior year, senior year, it was, it was great. It was, you know, we had an understanding, we figured it all out and, and, uh, I, I was who he wanted me to be, and and uh, it was it was great. Did you grow up then a Royals fan, and did you go to a lot of games at Rosenblatt as a kid? Uh, we went to some games. Uh, we went to some games. I remember him taking me out when uh, you know Clint Hurdle, Willie Wilson, UL Washington were all coming through Omaha, um, and him pointing those three guys out, going, you know, those guys are going to be. Uh, the next Kansas City Royals, and they're going to be really good players. And and uh, I were trying to track them down and get their autographs. I don't know how much how much I succeeded, but um, <laughs> yeah, we got to Rose and Black quite a bit. We got down to Kansas City uh, probably once a year to go see a game. You know, George Brett was my favorite player, and, and uh, I don't know if we. I, I don't know if I was a Royals fan more than you know. They were close. I was a baseball fan. I liked them. I, I you know, being in Omaha, you don't. Other than the, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, you don't have a team. So you kind of get your choice. You know, I like. I, I the the red the big red machine was coming through when I was nine or ten, and uh, so I, I I loved them and Minnesota Vikings, and I picked the Celtics up a couple of years later. So. You kind of get to be a front runner when you're in a state that has no professional team. <laughs> That's true. Well, you finished up high school in '85, then and headed to Auburn, uh, where you pitched for three seasons. What are your favorite memories of the Auburn days? Um, you know, my freshman year was was kind of dominated by Bo Jackson. Um, you know, getting to play with the Heisman Trophy winner, getting to you know getting to see Bo Jackson play every day for a couple months before he got kicked off our team. Um, was something that I'll never forget. He was, uh, you know, easily the best athlete that has come through our generation or the last two or three generations, and we'll probably never see another one like him. Um, so I got, you know, I got to play with him. He uh, he took me under his wing my freshman year, and, and uh, I was his freshman. We stretched every day together, and, and uh, probably about – a year later, maybe was it '87 that he was in the big leagues? Mm-hmm. Yep. '87 um, or '88, we were driving down to uh, 
driving down to Auburn, there we had by my junior year we had four guys from Omaha that were going to Auburn, and um, we were driving down to Auburn. We stopped in Kansas City, left him a message. He left us tickets, and then we kept driving that night. But uh, he's he's always been great. I got called up to uh, Baltimore when we played in Kansas City in '89. You know him and his him and his wife invited us over to the house. Had lunch. Um, he's always just been phenomenal uh, as a uh, as a former Auburn Tiger and uh, former teammate. Um, so that, those were some of my fondest memories. Um, I got sick my junior year, got mono, and kind of wrecked kind of wrecked my uh, my last year there. I was it was. Um, Pitch for three days, you know. Pitch for two days on the weekend against LSU or Alabama or Tennessee, and then sleep for five days and try to get my strength back up, and then pitch the next weekend against Mississippi State or Old Miss or whoever the next team was, and you know, pitch in two or three games and then sleep for five days, and it was pretty miserable. So, the junior year wasn't a whole lot of fun. <laughs> Well, you got to pitch for Team USA, too, in 87. You helped him win a silver medal in the Pan Am Games uh, and the starting rotation, too. What's your favorite memories of that time? Um, you know, just that, that group of guys was, was phenomenal. Uh, it, it, made it, it made it so much fun. In 87, we were seemingly on a bus the whole time back, you know, when uh, flying everywhere wasn't economical. We were, we were on a bus all the time. So you get you got close with those guys, um, and we had a really you know like I said we had a really good team. Ed Sprague, you know, was in the big leagues. Dave Silvestri made the big leagues. Uh, Tino Tino Martinez, our catcher was uh, Scott Service, uh, Jim Abbott, Charlie Nagy. Um, you know our team was great. We got to uh, got to Indianapolis and we're in the gold medal game and. And I went from relieving the whole year to uh, getting the call to start. And uh, I started the gold. You know, I started both games against Cuba. I started the game against Puerto Rico. Um, and uh, I don't think I got a win. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I started the game against Cuba. The gold medal game went out and literally was standing on the mound going, this is the best stuff I've ever had in my life. Huh. And it was you know, struck out two out of the first three guys. And it was like, this This could be ugly. You know, I mean, it was probably 95, great breaking balls, throwing you know, a lot of strikes. I was like, this could be ugly. This is, you know, arguably one of the best teams in the world. And then it rained for an hour and a half, and I came back out, oh. and I was like, arm still feels good. And I was like, but I got nothing. <laughs> so we ended up, I ended up giving up four or five, four or five runs. And getting knocked out in the fourth. And uh, the funniest story was Ron Frazier, the uh, coach from Miami, was our uh, head coach. And I come walking by him, and I think it's, you know, 10 to 9, we're losing 11 to 9, something like that. And uh, I come walking by him in the dugout in the eighth or seventh or eighth inning, and he looks at me and goes, Wolfen, go get loose. <laughs> and I was just like, Frazier, I appreciate the vote of confidence, but I started this whole fiasco. <laughs> That's great. 
yeah, so it was uh, it was one of those games where it was like, oh man, this could have been the best game of my life, and instead it's like I look like a schmuck. But <laughs> well, that's the time too, isn't it? That your your signature curveball kind of came into its own, kind of took off. So how did you learn that and, and kind of master that pitch? Uh, and my dad taught it to me in high school when I was probably thirteen, and we spent a lot of time in the backyard, you know, spinning spinning it, and he was teaching me, you know how to spin it um, and making sure that I spun it right. And then when I was 14, I could throw about two a game. <clears throat> and then uh, 15, I was on JVs and uh, as a freshman in high school. And, and, you know, it was open season after that. And it was always, it was always a big curveball. Like, you know, you, when you throw the traditional curveball, you can't really throw it very hard. And, uh, same thing all the way through freshman year in college and then sophomore year at some point I was working on it and I'm going, you know, every time I try to throw this thing really hard, uh, I leave it, I leave it spinning up around the, the hitter's head. And so I just tried shortening my stride up so I would create more top to bottom tilt. And, um, all of a sudden I started figuring out, you know, the shorter I, the shorter I, I, I stepped out, uh, the harder I could throw it. So it ended up becoming a kind of a violent, a violent pitch. And, you know, curveballs aren't generally, you know, something that you can do at a high, high level, high intensity. And and uh, I was able to kind of figure it out and it became my pitch. Well, it took you big places. You were the fourth overall pick in the first round of the 88 draft by Baltimore. So what do you remember about that draft day? Where were you at, and how exciting was that? Um, we kind of had an idea. It was either going to be San Diego at one or uh, Baltimore at four. And um, so my agent had me call Baltimore and say that I, you know, I'd go back to school rather than go to Baltimore. They'd lost the first 21 games, and were well on pace to losing a hundred and uh the Dodgers were drafting fifth and we were trying to figure out a way to get to LA <clears throat> but I'm not a very uh um not a very good liar. <laughs> so I uh tried the bluff and they didn't buy it and they drafted me and worked out great. I wouldn't uh I wouldn't change a thing but it was kinda of, kinda of funny. I was just sitting in my uh apartment in Auburn and the phone rang, and, and uh, you know, we're taking you. We want you to come to Baltimore for a couple days, and and uh, it was great. My roommate got drafted in the third round by Baltimore, so it was a good day. It was a good day for us. Yeah, well, you were, you know, very briefly in the minor leagues, in the big leagues that same year, so you made uh, 16 games, you know, eight at Hagerstown and eight at Charlotte. And then that same '88 season, you made your debut. How surreal was it pitching in your first game? You know that same year. Um, that was uh, yeah, that was that was that was really weird. That was uh, I got called up. Kurt Schilling and I were on the plane going from Charlotte to Seattle, and uh, we had an off day, and we show up the next day at the ballpark, and and I'm just you know quiet and just sitting there just watching because it's like wow, I'm in uniform. You know, I'm I'm in a major league uniform. And I got to go sit out in the bullpen, and for about seven innings, nothing, you know, we're we're losing three to one. And I just figure I'm going to sit there for about a week, and they'll let me get my feet wet, and 
and the first night they come to the phone rings in the uh, in the eighth. And they were like, Olsen, get up!" And I'm like, "Going, all right, you know, I'll get get it going." They probably just want me to throw a little bit, and I'll I'll sit down. I'm not going to pitch tonight. And uh, next thing I know, you're in the game. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I'm supposed to sit here for a week. What do you do? <laughs> and I walked into the game and uh, struck out the first guy I faced, Steve Balboni. One of the ex-Royals. Oh, yeah. And um, got out of it. We scored three in the top of the ninth. I got the win. And I was like, wow, that was really easy. <laughs> and then I came back. I think I came back the next night. And I was facing Balboni again, and it was the same count. And I was like, I, I, didn't, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know guys. And... Uh, so I was like, same count. I was like, I struck him out on a curveball last night. I better not throw him that again. I'll throw him a fastball. And I threw him a fastball, and he hit it so far. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, okay, that was really stupid. <laughs> well, so that was, that was my first two games. Yeah, I pretty much got everything done in the first two games other than get a loss. <laughs> well, it did seem easy for you at first. So 89, then you came back, and you were the first ever relief pitcher to win Rookie of the year, you finished with 27 saves and a 169 and 64 appearances. How how special was that 89 season? That was that was great. Um, you know, you don't know. You kind of don't appreciate what you're going through while you're going through it, and that's pretty much what everybody will tell you in their big league career. Um, that you don't know what what you got. Um, and so my rookie year was just a whirlwind where I uh, i don't think I really understood what was going on and what I was doing. I just went out and, and played and uh, had a blast. And Frank Robinson gave me a chance to close, you know, fairly early in the season. It probably ended up being mid-May when I took over the closer spot. And he just kept giving me the ball and, and – um, you know, I kind of look, I look back at that year, go, man, that was that was unbelievable. Yeah, I don't to uh, you know finish out the season on twenty five or twenty six scoreless innings and and uh, right in the middle of the AL East pennant race, and um, that was that was unbelievable. Well, nineteen ninety, you followed it up in a big way again. You were an all star. In 90, you had 37 saves, 2.42, again in 64 appearances. The All-Star game, what do you remember most about that night? I just remember getting there getting there so early. Um, it was my first time in Wrigley. And uh, just, you know, getting to the ballpark and, and the whole that whole thing was just a circus with, you know, all the fans in the hotel and all the events and everything they had us doing. But then getting to the game and I'm sitting in my locker and, you know, I got – Wade Boggs to my left and Mark McGuire to my right, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, 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 what am I doing in the room with these guys, you know? And uh, I just remember Dave, Dave Parr, we were all sitting there, and I think it was ra- a little rainy, so we weren't outside as much as we were supposed to be, and Dave Parker's kind of on, on my side of the, uh, the the clubhouse, and he just comes walking by and he looks at Boggs or McGuire or a couple of guys. I think Ricky Henderson was down there and he just looks at these guys and goes, what about this kid? Are you kidding me? And they all just kind of look at me and start laughing going, yeah, he's got a chance to be pretty good. And Parker's just looking at me going, yeah, you think? 
So it was uh, that was one of those you know moments that, sadly enough, it was the only one I got to. Um, but just you know, I, I was lucky enough to be cognizant to uh, soak it up and and enjoy my time. Well, you came back in 91, you saved 31 again, 72 games this time, and then you combined with three other guys on that no-hitter against Oakland on July 13th. So remind us who those other three pitchers were and what do you remember about that game? Uh, Bob Malacky went six and then stuck his hand out on a ground ball up the middle. Um, so he couldn't pitch anymore. Mike Flanagan went the seventh. Mark Williamson went the eighth. And I got the ninth. Um, we were winning two to nothing. I remember sitting in the bullpen at about the seventh, going, "You know what? They don't have any hit." And this is a safe situation. I was like, "I really, I really don't want to come into a no hitter." <laughs> I was like, "I get nervous enough with a, uh, a save, but I, I, I really, I don't want to play." I was like, "Either somebody give up a hit, get two more runs, do something. I do not want to play today." <laughs> and. Uh, I remember that was that was probably the only time in my life where I just sat there and was like, I don't want to pitch today. Um, it was really bizarre. But so then I walk out there, I got a two run lead, and I get uh I get Dave Henderson and um I kinda you know, I, I don't know if I was I wasn't really into it. You know, it was one of those it was just a weird and I, I threw him a pitch that, you know, he, he should have done something with and he hit the ground ball the short stop in the hole and Ripken makes a great play. And then uh, I was, you know, kind of standing there watching the whole play, and I'm going, you know what, you're in the middle of a no-hitter. You want to wake up? <laughs> and uh woke up. I struck out uh, Conseco, and then I struck out Harold Bain. But, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was really weird. I was like, you know, kind of just walking through it. I've never, you know, walked through a, a, a save game in my life. And I was walking through the first hitter, and you know, thankfully he didn't get a base hit. Uh, but I woke up after that and did what I was supposed to do. That wasn't cheap either. Those are three pretty damn good hitters you had to get out there too. <laughs> yeah, I always, it, I, I just sit there, and every time I'm watching the game, just laughing because it's like I don't know how the game works out. The ninth inning, it's always, you know, middle of the order. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I can count them. Of my 200-some saves, I don't think I can count on my my one hand how many times I got seven, eight, nine. You're right. It always works that way. Well, 92 is another great year for you. You saved uh, 36, 205 ERA, and 60. But then you were just rolling along in 93. looked like it might be a career year possibly. And then you suffered that torn elbow ligament, which kind of shut you down the rest of that year. So obviously it was crushing. But, you know, what, what do you remember about that? Um one of those stupid moments where I was I was too young to you know uh, I was too young to say no and um, I was in an enormous amount of pain um, I, I did it. I, I know I, I did it against um, the Red Sox I struck out Mo Bond to end the game and I swear to this day it was the best curveball I've ever thrown in my life and I just kind of sat there on the mound going wow that really hurt um, and it, thankfully it was the end of the game Go back out a couple days later, stuff starts getting worse. And by after about 10 days, uh, what used to take me 15, 20 pitches to warm up to go into a game was taking me an hour and a half. Um, and so I walked into Johnny Oates' office, 
and said, I, I can't go. I can't go today. I need I need a couple days off. I need to regroup. I'm in a lot of pain. And, and uh, he said, well, give me, you know, uh, give me give me the day, and then we'll give you a couple days off when we go to Detroit. And I was like, I don't, I, I, I got no idea why you want me out there. I'm throwing 80. You know, I got no breaking ball. I'm throwing 80. It takes me, I got to start warming up in the seventh. Um, but, yeah, I'll give you one more day. And I did it and kind of finished everything off. So that was that was uh, uh, I pitched in one more game that year in September, and it was you know stuff was coming back and getting a little bit better, but it was it was gone. How did they fix that then? Did you had did you have surgery or not? I did not. No, I. Uh, uh, it was a miracle actually, because um, the elbow ligament doesn't heal itself, and and. Uh, Nolan Ryan came into town about a week later. I talked to him after seeing Frank Job out here in L.A. And Job was like, you know, it's a 90% tear. You need the Tommy John done. Well, you know, we'll do it right now. And I was going, you know what, I really want to think about it. It's a 50-50 proposition back in 1993. And um, so I thought about it, and Davey Lopes was our first base coach. He's set me up with Nolan Ryan. I talked to him before BP for about an hour one day. He said that he did it back in 1987, kind of worked through it, worked through the pain, and everything came back. So I was kind of set on spending at least two months because I figured I was going to lose 94 if I I got Tommy John anyway. Um, And I just went about trying to you know, lift lift a lot, work my butt off, run, um, and the elbow healed up. I just screwed up my mechanics so badly trying to pitch hurt that it took me, uh, you know, it took me another year, a year and a half to um, to get back to where I was functional as a pitcher. Yeah, well, you spent 94 with the Braves, but how tough was it uh, walking away from Baltimore when they signed Lee Smith? Was that pretty tough? You know what? It was kind of weird. They, um, you know, for a guy who's got a torn ligament in his elbow and uh, has a contract coming up, I got no phone calls, you know, in the off season. I got no, hey, what's going on? Let's go see a doctor. Let's get, you know, where you at? What, how, how you been? I got nothing. And then... Uh, Late mid to mid December, I get uh, you know we're not going to resign you. I was like, well, that's shocking. I haven't talked to you guys in three months. Um, and then probably my biggest screw up. The Angels offered you know the the day after I became a free agent from Baltimore, letting me go and signing Lee Smith. They Angels called and offered me a four year deal that was for a boatload of money. And I was, I was like, oh, wow, this is the first offer. I've only been a free agent for about 12 hours. And they said it's a one-time one-time offer. This is it. I was like, nah, come on. <laughs> it really was a one-time offer. <laughs> so I kind of screwed up on that one. But Braves came in late, and, and uh, I just, I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't good. Like I said, I screwed up my mechanics, and, and didn't trust my elbow, and there's a whole bunch of issues that I pretty much stole, you know, stole their money. Well, then, so 95, then you start with Cleveland. 
and then you came over uh, for the first time to the Royals on July 24. So, and you were good for KC too in '95. You finished with a 3.26. You had three saves and 20 appearances. So that first time around in Kansas City, what do you remember about '95? Uh, you know what? To be honest with you, I when Cleveland Cleveland called me up with the idea that I was going to set up Jose Mesa, and I was really throwing well uh, in the Cleveland AAA system. We were on strike. And so we started the season late, so I, could, I knew I wasn't going to get a job, so I went down with uh, in, to Buffalo for Cleveland's AAA, and, and it was throwing really well. They called me up, and uh, the manager didn't like me, didn't like my style of pitching. So I pitched about three times, about I think once in three weeks or a month. Jeez. And uh, my first son was about to be born, and Cleveland was getting ready to go on a West Coast swing, and I just kind of walked in. I was like, you know, you guys don't want me here, and uh, I'm pretty much useless to anybody right now. Um, could you let me go so I could go home and, and, you know, make sure that I'm there for my son's birth? They said, yeah, we can do that. And they let me go home. Um, son was born the next day, and Kansas City called the day after that, and I was in Omaha for two or three days, pitched twice, and then I was up in Kansas City. So it was it was a blessing. It really was. And uh, my time in Kansas City was great. Montgomery, Wally Joyner, Kubasaw. Um, I think we were in the uh, wild card in the first wild card hunt for quite a while. Kind of fell out of it in mid mid September, but we had a good team. Yeah, you guys were good. How how'd you like playing for uh, Booney here? I love Booney. I really did. Um, he was great. He was you know he was a players guy. He, uh, you know, he was great to talk pitching with, uh, what, you know, what he saw. He was great. I love Booney. Well, I'm thinking 96 is probably a complete whirlwind for you. You probably have trouble remembering all of it. You signed with the Cardinals, then you got released during spring training. Then you spent a month with the Reds before being traded to the Tigers, and then the Tigers sent you to the Astros. So was that a tough year, or I mean, what was that? What do you remember about that year? Um, I remember signing with the Cardinals, and I just I, I hurt my forearm in spring training, and I tried to pitch through it, and so I, I missed a lot of time in spring training. And uh, just had the feeling like I wasn't really wanted there. You know, and the Reds had wanted me um, as a free agent. So just kind of had Kansas City, uh, not Kansas City, but St. Louis let me go, and I signed with Cincinnati, and was throwing well for them in AAA. The next thing I know, hey, Olds, you're, you know, we just traded you to Detroit. But I was like, okay. Jumped a, you know, jumped a plane, got to Detroit, and uh, ended up closing for them. And, you know, had as good a time as you can have on a team that's 35 games under under 500. Um, and then I was just hoping to, I was, I was hoping to be traded in August. And uh, got you know, got lucky and got traded to Houston, who was in first place. So I thought it was, it was great. I had a, I had a blast. I, I after I left Baltimore and Atlanta didn't work. Um, it, it became one of those where it's like you know, let's go play for some teams and bounce around and and you know, be in some new new places and kind of just live it up. That's all. That's a great way of looking at it, actually. So oh, was, yeah, I, I literally I was like after a little while, I was going, you know what? I know I did well there, you know, Kansas City. So 
somehow never seemed to want to resign me, no matter what I did for him. So, uh, and Houston was kind of the same way, and then all of a sudden they all come back. But I was I was literally leaving the places, going, "Hey, just find me a new place. You know, give me a guaranteed job and find me a new place. Uh, I'll go somewhere else." Well, 97, so you started with the Twins, and then you came back again to KC May 25th. So but at the start of your time that year, you pitched in Omaha a lot more than you had in 95. So I'm guessing most guys probably didn't like being in Omaha, but for you it had to be kind of cool, right? Yeah, it was good to be back. You know, stayed at my parents' house, and uh, Omaha made me a starter, which was kind of fun. I hadn't started a game since uh, the Pan Am games in 87. So um, that was that was fun. Um Remember, I remember thinking back how how uh, ridiculously small Rosenblatt was. <laughs> now, now that I was actually playing in it and trying to get made, you know, trying to get professional hitters out in, in that little band box. Um, but you know, I didn't I, I didn't pitch very well for the Twins, and and uh, and I was thankful the Royals the Royals gave me a shot. Hold on a second, somebody's coming in the garage. Oh, no problem. All right. Um, so then, I, I Kansas City, uh, Kansas City called me up, and and I was back setting up at Montgomery, and I was there with Booney for was it a couple weeks before the All Star break, and then they brought in Muser. Yeah, how'd you like him? Um, uh, you know what? Um, it was funny. We uh, leave it open. Um, it was funny. I, I I didn't really like him when I played for him. You know, he, he didn't want us to play golf at home on the road. Um, he was, he was, he was hard, you know, and I didn't really understand it. You know, we had, we had kind of a veteran team, but we, we, we were, we had old guys, me, Montgomery, Gubaza, and then we had a, a whole bunch of young guys, Joe Randa, you know, uh, Vidiello, um, we had a bunch, you know, so we had a real big, uh, a big mix of guys, and he was he was he was hard. Um, but then it was funny when I was advancing for the Padres, he was the um, he was the minor one of the minor league hitting instructors, and I went down to uh, went down to uh, Destructional League, and um, he was down there, and we went and had a beer and sat down one night and. And he's talking baseball, and I just looked at him after about an hour, and I was like, Muser, you are brilliant. <laughs> I said, I, I could sit here for hours. And I was like, but I kind of want to wring your neck, because why weren't you doing this when I played for you? <laughs> you know, because I've, I've sat here for an hour, and I, I, I think of myself as a pretty decent pitching guy, smart-wise, and I'm just listening to him going, this is unbelievable. You know, and I'm just, I, I told him that, and he just started looking at me, laughing. <laughs> you know, and, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what? It's not, it's not one of my strengths." But um, I ended up, you know, growing to love him. I had him, you know, I've had him come down and work with my sons on hitting, and he's great. It's just one of those where, you know, he had to be had to be this guy as a manager, and that was who he felt like he needed to be, and and uh, it's all right. Yeah, I liked him. I thought he was underrated. You know, didn't I did too. You no, know, I mean, like I said, uh, he's br- he's really he's brilliant. Um, the hitting the pitching sequences, the whole that whole thing was just 
unbelievable to sit there and listen to. The poor guy after you left, like a couple years later, I mean, they blew like what forty saves or something. What's he supposed to do? You know? <laughs> yeah, not a whole lot. I, you know what? I, I would have loved to have been on the other side where I was, you know, a shortstop or somebody that that was, you know, on the team when they were screwing up all the all the games late or right. you know all the games that I screwed up late. I'd like I'd like to see what it really does to uh, demoralize the team. Right. Well. So, you, you know, 3.02, 34 games, again, had one save for Casey. So you mentioned, you know, it never happened where you came back. I mean, was there ever talks? It's, it seems kind of odd that they wouldn't try to bring you back with the production you had plus the leadership and kind of being a local guy, too. No, uh, now Kansas City always gave me a minor league deal and less money than I made the year before. <laughs> and it was like, I just threw up a three ERA and I, you know, got all the holds and I pitched the eighth inning for Montgomery and, um, like really minor league deal. Like, no, I'll go somewhere else again. And that was, that was what they did to me both times. You know, we'll give you minor league deal. We'll give you less money than you made last year. I'm going now. I'm not doing that. That was par for the course back then, I guess. That's kind of how things were back then and ownership limbo and stuff. Well, the, uh, you know, I mean, teams have different philosophies, and I always felt like Kansas City's was to save money when save money when it comes to the bullpen. Yeah. Well, they would have been smart to keep you because 98-99 with Arizona was, you know, ridiculously good. You saved 30 games, you had a 3 ERA in 98. Then in 99, you saved 14 games in the 3-7-1. And, uh, but the question I have for you is your lone major league hit, a home run off of Oscar Henriquez. What do you remember about that? <laughs> Uh, it was, you know what, like you, you said in your email to me, it, it, it's, been a, it's been an unbelievable ride. And uh, my first two at-bats, you know, I got one in 94. Bobby Cox let me hit when it was, we were up 17-1. to one. <laughs> And I struck out. And then um, I don't remember my other one. Oh, I struck out in Baltimore. Johnny Oates screwed up and took out the DH, and <laughs> I, I was batting in the uh, bottom of the eighth of a tie game in oh, Baltimore nice, back nice. in in, 90, in 93. Struck out, and then uh, so the third at bat, I come into a game Arizona, April, and uh, our starter got knocked out in the second. Our second guy got knocked out about an inning later. Somebody got thrown out, so I was like the fourth pitcher by the fourth inning. And it was it was one of those where I was going, I'm going to have to eat some innings up and get some guys out here quickly and efficiently. And and uh, so I come to the plate uh, in the fourth or fifth inning of the game and strike out by Oscar Henriquez. And it, he wasn't real comfortable with bat. He was probably 93 and, and, you know, landed real close and came across his body and he was right-handed and didn't have the best control. So it wasn't real comfortable. <laughs> And so we come around about the sixth, I think, and uh, Showalter comes walking up to me in the dugout, and he's like, you want the good or the bad news? And I was like, bad? He goes, you got to go face the same guy. You're, you're up next. <laughs> and I was like, what's the good news? He goes, you get to bat against the same guy. <laughs> I was like, that's not good news. <laughs> I was like, but that's, that's all bad news. It's the same guy, and I just struck out last time. So I go up the next time, and um, still not real comfortable. I fouled off a 3-2 pitch that was, 
you know, outside just to stay alive. I don't know how I did it. And I said, I looked back at it, and it was the ugliest swing I've ever seen in my life. And then uh, he threw me a fastball, and as bizarre as it may sound, in the point, you know, four-tenths four of a second that you have to react to, to hit the pitch, I literally saw the pitch, and I said, I can hit that. <laughs> And I, I can't say that in four-tenths of a second. So I don't, I don't know how I did it, but I recognized that I could hit it, took a swing, and as soon as I hit it, I went. I just went deep <laughs> and dropped the bat. And I was like, just run. I just made it 12-4. to four. You know, we blew it open over the last two innings. And I was like, just run really fast because if somebody gets hit and I'm still in the game, i got to get somebody. <laughs> and then I'm going to get charged, and then I'm going to get thrown out. And it's like, just run really fast. <laughs> so that was it. There was that no was, bat, was it. No it was, bat it flip. Was an unbelievable night. <laughs> I was hoping for the bat flip there. Oh, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> yeah, I literally was like, oh man, if he hits the next guy, then I got to hit somebody next inning. I get thrown out. I get charged. You know, it's going to be ugly. So don't do anything to give him any more ammo. He's probably really pissed right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you finished off your career in 2000, 2001 with the Dodgers. What are your favorite memories of LA? Uh, I don't really have any. Really? It was, uh, no, I was hurt all of 2000. Um, good group of guys. You know, L.A. is just a weird place to play. You know, it was almost a, uh, you almost took a deep breath and sat down and relaxed when you got to the clubhouse because the traffic and all the stuff that you got to go through, you know, as a Dodger, everybody's walking through the clubhouse and, and celebrities are always coming through and it takes you two hours to get to the ballpark. And, uh, it literally was, you know, every night I'm looking at everybody when we get to the clubhouse. Everybody's just kind of like sitting there in the chairs going, oof, glad I'm here. Huh. You know, let's just hang out for a little while. You know, and it was just kind of the way everybody played. It was, it was weird. We had a good team, and I don't know. I don't know what it was. But, uh, yeah, so I was hurt all of 2000 with uh, – uh, multiple tendon and ligament injuries. Got uh, probably roaming around 12 to 15 cortisone shots in my arm that year alone. Um, so 2000 was a mess. 2001, I came back and they were trying to trade me. They told me to go find a trade. So I, I made every road trip in spring training, even if I didn't pitch. Oh my gosh. And then uh, started throwing really well out of the gate. And uh, hurt my elbow again. Didn't want to say anything because I was on the DL the whole 2000. So I didn't say anything and probably gave up about 10 or I think about 10 runs in the last two or three weeks. And then they finally released me and my elbow was gone. And that was the end of it for the most part. Well, I mean, was it still difficult to walk away? Oh, I tried to. Uh, I signed a uh, minor league deal with Pittsburgh. I went and saw Andrews. Um, as soon as I left uh, L.A. And uh, saw Andrews, and he's like, you know, things are things are broken down and take, you know, take three or four weeks off, don't throw, don't do anything, and come back. And I did that, and I threw a little side session for Pittsburgh, and they liked it and signed a minor league deal and went to their AAA team. Um, threw a couple bullpens, and it was just misery. And... Uh, Funny, the, uh, the hitting coach was my college catcher. The AAA manager was a guy I played with in Baltimore, so they're like going, you know, 
Pittsburgh wants to sign you. Here's the contract, you know, $10,000 for the month. And I just looked at him and I was like, boys, I can't throw. I said, I'm just stealing their money, so I'm going to go home. And uh, Pittsburgh appreciated that, so they signed me to a minor league deal going into 2002. And my elbow still didn't work in camp, and I lasted a couple weeks. And that was the end of the road. Wow, what a what a great ride. So 2008, you went into the Baltimore Hall of Fame. It had to have been an amazing night, right? Yeah, that was really good. That was really good. Um, you know, to be in that Hall of Fame with those guys, you know, Jim Palmer, Brooks Robinson, Cal Ripken. You know, Ripken wasn't in there at that point, but um, it was it was a great organization. I'm so thankful that uh, I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to play in Baltimore and. And all the, all the places that I played were were great to me. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I would I would trade in the last uh, the last story, but uh, I wouldn't trade in the whole ride. Well, before we let you go, three last questions uh, about the Royals. Uh, which teammates were you closest to while in KC, and do you still keep in touch with any of those guys anymore? Um. I see Joyner a couple times a year out here. Uh, I was close to him. Uh, you know, Jeff Montgomery and I were close. Um, you know, Jay Bell, the second uh, the second stint with Kansas City. Jay and I are still close. Um, Gubaza, I see every once in a while. You know, there's still some there's still some guys there that. Uh, man, they're they're great teammates, and it was it was it was a blast to play. The Kansas City fans were always great. It's a great place to play, great place to go to work every day. Um, you know, I was I was thankful that Kansas City kept liking me and kept picking me up when I was on the scrap heap, and uh, and you know, I wouldn't like I said I wouldn't I wouldn't trade in any of the uh, any of the ride. I just wish the story would ended up differently. You know, do you have? Uh, is there any particular game or games with the Royals that stick out as a good memory or funny memory or anything? You know, I, I really, I had a great time. I, I really did. Um, I, it was probably the earliest I ever came into a major league game. Uh, I can't remember who got somebody got thrown out. It might have been Belcher. Oh yeah, he hit, he hit somebody with the Twins. Uh, Something happened where I was like I was the third guy and it was the second inning. Oh, was that Something the time weird. where he where it was the was it Joe Brinkman or one of the umpires he yelled at and they got in a big fight and he promised he would never apologize to him the rest of his life? Is that what is that what the, is that the game? I I don't remember what it was, but it was just bizarre because usually I'm not awake by the second inning, <laughs> and, and I'm coming in and I'm already the third guy. <laughs> um, and I remember Bruce Keeson, you know, or or I think it might have been Booney. Whoever it was walked out, handed me the ball, and they was like going, "You know what? Save your pitches. You're going to be out here a long time." <laughs> and I was just kind of looking up the scoreboard, going, "It's the second inning." <laughs> like, oh crap! You know, and it was I was I was really efficient. I was just pumping strikes. Guys were hitting ground balls. You know, next thing I know, three innings later, you know, nothing, no damage, nothing happened. Really smooth three innings. I was like, "Wow, I really had a pitch like that more often." Or I'm just dink, 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 dink. You know, not wasting breaking balls. O two pitches were over the plate. 
I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to take care of it really quick, one way or the other, you know. Um, but it was, that, was, that was funny because I just I never had a manager go, save your pitches. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> all right, that's not good. Um, what else happened in Kansas City? Oh, man. We, uh, just that group of guys, Joyner, Montgomery, you know, Jeff King, Jay Bell, Gubaza. It's just such a great group of guys. Um, and I, 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 I love going to work there. It was, every day was, was fun. Um, and like I said, fans were great. It was, I, I, I loved my time in Kansas City. I really did. Well, you've got a pretty good memory for all these teams you've pitched for. I'm impressed that you remember all this stuff. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, spent time, you know, I've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, coaching in Little League and, and all that, and everybody wants stories. And, and uh, sadly enough, I've probably forgotten a whole bunch of the really good ones. But, <laughs> um, nah, you, you, don't, you don't forget a lot of things. It, 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 was such, it was such a fun ride. You remember all the great times in life, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm probably the only person who will always remember you as a royal more than any other team. You know, you're 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 a, you're a royal to me, not an Oriole. So, well, I, you know what? I kept trying to come back, and they kept giving me these minor league deals for less money. I'm like, oh, why? What did I do? I was a good guy. Yeah, I don't care what number I wear. I don't. You know, I'm easy. Well, last question then. So, in closing, what would you like to say to the long suffering? Royals fans who are just waiting for a playoff push and, you know, in general, the baseball fans listening as well. You know, when I, when I was advancing, um, I did the Royals a couple games. And, uh, you know, we were getting ready to play St. Louis, and they were playing the Royals, so I was back in Kansas City. And then uh, I think the next year we were playing Kansas City. And they got, they got a lot of great young talent. They really do. They've stockpiled. They've made some good trades, got some guys. Um I think I, I, I think they're going to be fine. I really do. I, I mean, I would think that these guys are fun to watch. You know, I enjoyed watching them. Um, it's just it's just tough because you know they they can't. Baseball's made it really tough to uh, all sports out to go out and and get a, a huge marquee guy. Um, you know, Pujols needing three hundred million, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so Kansas City can't really do that. So they they got to get the Cabreras and, and some guys off the scrap heap and make some smart trades. And and uh, I think they're going to be fine. I do. I think they they they've, you know Gordon solid and, and uh, Hosmer and and uh, I love some of, I, I love their guys in the bullpen when I went out and watched them. Um, I thought it was a great great assortment of arms that just needed to season a little bit more. You know. So, have patience. It'll happen. God, I hope so. I hope so. Well, thanks so much for for all your time. It's been a really funny and fun and you know entertaining trip down memory lane with you. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Stay in touch and thanks for all you gave to the Royals and uh, take care and God bless. All right. Thanks. Take all right, care. Man. Bye.